for people that don't know me, my name is uh, Rudy, Rudy Nobauer. Um, and in front I've got my lovely wife, Elmandi, and my two kids, um, Rudolf and Emma. Emma is the older one, but she's the shorter one. Uh, but we won't hold that against her. Yeah, this morning is uh, yeah, it's truly a testimony and a, a privilege. Um, and really, also just want to get to the point this morning, it's, it's not about me. It's all about God, and that's, that's why we're here this morning. So, yeah, I truly believe uh, from the get-go this morning, um, people sometimes think we manufacture this, where we get together, we can advance, and then we say, okay, what are you feeling, what are you sensing, what are we going to do? And then he shares his bit, and then we get the worship team um, together and say, okay, what worship songs can we actually tie into the prayer, and this is what we're going to preach so in all of that, we, we come up with this magic solution, and then we, and it looks all synced, and uh, everybody was aligned this morning, but it's actually not the case. Uh, that's not something that, that we do. We don't believe in that. So when Jock stood up this morning and he spoke about love, I thought, sure, okay. Um, that really touched my, touched my heart. And then the next moment, Michelle jumps in, and she says, yeah, yeah we, need to, we need to love ourselves first before we can, we can love others. Um, and I immediately knew, okay, God's got a, he's got a big plan this morning, because what I prepared this morning is the best life is found in the love of the Father. So then you know, yeah, give the Lord a hand, he, he worked magic this morning. Um, yeah, so like you guys heard this morning, we don't have the, the uh, lead elders with us uh, this morning, we're obviously praying for them in terms of what they're busy with, uh, and you, Sally, and the, and the team really praying that uh, the Lord will give them guidance and, and insight how they need to lead us um, for this year. And then I myself, I'm a normal saint. Um, I'm not a deacon or elder or anything special. I think the only difference between me and a lot of other people is I put up my hand to say, Lord, please come and use me. Um, so this morning, I'll share, and I haven't shared my life story with anybody like I'm going to do this morning, so stick with me. Um, I'm first just going to start off with, with some scripture, and then we can, we can take it from there. So, Arman, I know it's quite a, quite a lengthy one this morning, but um, we're going to read out of Luke 15 from verse 11, if you can fire that one up for us. So, this may be leading into um, this specific parable around the, the lost son, or the prodigal son, um, Jesus had actually other two other parables just before this. So the one was around the lost sheep where you need to go out. If one is lost, go and find that sheep, as well as the, the coins. The lady with her 10 coins, one coin went missing. She put all the lights on, started sweeping to find that, that one, and then it leads into this specific one. Um, and it starts in verse 11. Jesus continued, uh, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said, um, to his father, Father, give me my share of this estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together. All he had set off uh, for a distant country, and they squandered his health in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out, to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. 
when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So this specific scripture I can relate to quite a a bit. Um, And today I want to focus you further on. There's obviously an older son as well. But the focus for me is mostly around the son and what happened exactly through the passage that we, that we read here in terms of um, asked for his inheritance. Um, in those days, it was actually wishing your father dead because the father had to split. It's like the father passed away. He had to split his, his estate between his two sons, and he gave it to his younger son, which squanders it. And uh, he ended up in a, in a bad spot, realizing he's in a bad spot and turning away. So today I'm going to focus on the, on the son, and then I'll turn to, I'll turn to the father and what, what happened there. So um, my testimony, and I'm going to go back many, many years. I'm actually turning 51 this year. So it's, I'm going back almost 40 years, and I don't know if there's anything in that, in that 40, but um, bear with me. Um, yeah, I was 11 years, 11 years old, grew up a happy child. Nothing wrong, enjoyed life. I can, I can remember how we played in the streets. Um, we cycled around and really had a very lucky like childhood. And then, unfortunately, when I turned 11 years old, my life overnight completely changed 100% in that my father passed away. Um, yeah, so... And, uh, yeah, I think if, if things like that happen to you, then... You start questioning a lot of things in your life. You start questioning, is there really a, is there really a God? And why would a, a loving father do this to me? And um, the next moment, you, you try and argue with God. You try and plead with God to restore your father. And somehow thinking also, this can't be happening to me. Why would he, why would he do that? Why would he allow that? Um, so a lot of hate and unfortunately anger as well. Um, and where a lot of people would, at that stage, then turn to the Lord, I unfortunately went into the complete opposite direction, where I blamed God for what happened. Um, we still went to went to church. Um, I grew up in, in Worcester. We went to we went to church every Sunday, but it was completely dead for me. I didn't experience the Lord whatsoever. Standing in church, singing songs. And even reading my Bible now and again, but I, I knew um, I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. 
And just purely because I was blaming the Lord, I started um, later on in life also leading this selfless life, just leading a life for, my, for myself. But I, I knew there was a big, big hole in my heart, that God-shaped hole that you now need to plug. So what do you plug it with? Um, you go to all the, all the things that you should not be going to, alcohol, bad relationships, start to do things that's something that you should not be doing when you're a Christian, and you get quite deep into, into a sinful life. Um, and um, yeah, and you, you constantly just doubt the love of the Father, because that loving Father, why can't He save me? Why can't He change me? Um, yeah, just felt lonely, lonely and rejected for a big part of, big part of my, my life. Um, and especially this time of the year, it's, it's actually, I don't know why the, the Lord brought this up over the weekend. Um, you get to the beginning of the year and you go to school. And every single year, the same thing happened over and over. What is the first thing that they ask when you start a new school year? What does your dad do? What does your mom do? So every year I stand up. I don't have a dad. My dad passed away. And then you have to do that old story. And every year that movie played over and over. So I was so actually glad to finish school and, and get out of that situation where I don't have to explain that um, every year. But we also know, and, and unfortunately at that stage, I didn't read a lot of Bible. Uh, and, and if you read John 10, 10, where it specifically says that the, the thief has come to, to come to kill and destroy. And that's what he tried to do to my life. Um, but we know that we, we serve a mighty king um, and that he can restore you. And a blink of a blink of an eye, um, but it wasn't all bad. Um, uh, we can forward a couple of years later. Um, got married in 2000 to to Almandi. Um, I chose 2000, so it's easy to, to calculate. So I married 23 <laughs> years this year, so it's it's a little bit easier. So that's why I chose 2000. No, I, I lie. I shouldn't lie. It's just the way that it worked out. Um, but amazing that the Lord has actually brought the two of us together because we've been so in sync through our whole journey. I've never been in a situation where she needed to push me or I need to push her in terms of changes, changes for God, changes toward God and walking towards God. Every single time she picks something up or she senses something, I sense the same thing. So the Lord has had us in sync, but we were both unsaved when we got married. So it's actually a Amazing and all honor to, to God that we've, that, that we've made it from 2000 until a certain point. And then my two children, uh, Emma born in 2006 and Rolf in 2009. Um, and then obviously there was a lot of opportunity because I was still going to church. We were still going to church. We were Christians, so we in church. And then people say, okay, altar call who wants to give their life to the Lord. And I'm sitting there. There's no way I'm getting up. I'm not putting my hand up. I'm not getting out of my seat. Although my, I can remember a couple of times my seat, were, my bum were burning. And I knew I had to get up. But I think the, the Lord knew I, I, won't give, I, I won't get up. Because in my heart, there was that unforgiveness, that big black hole of hurt and unforgiveness that was sitting, just sitting there and festering the whole time that prevented me from stepping up. So the Lord knew he had to do something completely different to get this guy to stand up and to recognize there's a loving father. So a friend of ours in 2010 invited us uh, to evening of hearing God. 
which is quite funny that I attend something like that to hear God, because at that point I believe I will never hear God, but I think it's God had a plan, he had a specific plan. So Martin van Amarve, um, it, uh, he, uh, he gave a teaching on hearing God, and we thought, okay, friends invited us, so let's go for it. Uh, went through, and he did a whole teaching around uh, hearing God. Also, um, he wrote a specific book around hearing God and more the prophetic around uh, dreams and why God gives us certain dreams. And then also the prophetic in terms of the interpretation of dreams. And I had this one reoccurring dream for many, many, many years. Every night, the same dream. I, I can remember it because I've dreamt it so many, so many times. Um, is this dream where I would um, fall through the sky and I can see the earth below. And I can remember every single time I had that specific dream, I can remember that I was thinking to myself, if I, if I had, had to hit a spot, I must just make sure that it's water because then my chances of survival is a little bit better than hitting ground somewhere. And every single night for years, I prayed that oh, I had that same, same dream. Um, so he, when, he, when he gave the opportunity to come forward and to um, give us the opportunity where he would um, listen to our dream and he will pray for us. And if there's any prophetic word, he will release that prophetic word over us. I thought, yes, my chance. I'm going to, somebody's going to tell me what this dream actually means. So I got in the queue, got to the front, uh, and it was September, Cape Town, and it was cold. I promise you, I had a thick black jacket on, and I was shivering, and it was cold. I can remember that, that night very, very well. Got to the front, and I shared my dream with him to say, this is what I've been dreaming for many, many years. And uh, he looked at me, he actually looked, it almost felt like he looked into my soul. He didn't interpret my dream. He only asked me one question. Have you ever given your life to the Lord? And I knew in that moment, there's no turning around. There's no getting out of this situation now. And uh, I said, no, I haven't. I haven't given my life to the Lord. And he asked me if he can lead me into prayer and while he was praying for me, everything in my, my being shivered, and it's like flames were lit in, in my body. I can remember from my toe to my head, I was on fire. And I can remember I was standing there thinking to myself, wow, what just happened here? And we drove home that, that evening, and I told El Mundi, I don't know what happened tonight, but for sure... Something big shifted in my life. And then from there, everything overnight changed completely. And I believe the Holy Spirit touched me. Um, and uh, obviously after that, we had to, I had to go for, for um, healing through deliverance because of all the things that was my, my path in terms of unforgiveness, hurt, sin, unhealthy relationships, alcohol, a lot of other things that I had to that I had to fix, but the Lord changed me, and He changed me, and I wanted to do, wanted to do all of that, and then from uh, 2010, I would say for about five years, we were very, very active in, in church, running for God, and then slowly but surely, we started to backslide, um, like I think is happening in a lot of, a lot of churches, and with a lot of folk, and 
The reason why I'm so happy to be in Josh Jane is because we will never allow that to happen, in, or I will never allow that to happen in Josh Jane because we've got community groups. We've got elders that look after, after the sheep in, in the church that we attended at that stage. We just slipped back into the darkness, and nobody even realized that we were missing. They didn't come and look for us. Nobody phoned us. Nothing. So it was easy. Let's just slip away into our comfort zone again. Um, so I want to really also encourage you guys this morning. Um, Josh Jen is a family. We shouldn't let anybody slip away because it's a big lesson that, that we learned. But uh, very fortunate in that uh, friends of ours again, the Lord sent them. So please work on your friends because it works. Um, they uh, invited us to Kingdom Church into, into this building. And they said, just come. We in the worship team, just come and listen, um, and uh, just come and enjoy the, the family. Uh, we walked in. I can remember I met, I met Jock and a few of the folk from Kingdom Church. Um, joined just before COVID, and then unfortunately COVID happened. So during COVID, we were watching um, from home, and uh, you know, slowly but surely thinking, should we now transition back into church? And is Casey actually really for us? And then the next moment, I received a phone call from, from Lee Serafin saying, uh, we want to do coffee with you guys. And we don't do coffee. <laughs> uh, and I told him, okay, coffee, what do you mean by coffee? What, what do you want from me? And he said, no, let's just have a quick coffee. Let's just chat, like a chat and whatever. So we decided, okay, we'll meet up with him. Let's have, let's have this, this coffee. Um, and then... Uh, in uh, beginning of t uh, 2020, we slowly started transitioning back. And really in 2021, when the churches opened again, we full-time joined uh, back into Casey at that stage. And then towards the end of that, that year, in September, uh, Josh Jen um, came to be. And a lot of Josh Jenners came in, joined us, new family, all excited and then the Lord asked me the question, okay, how long are you going to keep this up with just playing church? Um, you've given your, your heart to me. You know that I'm a loving father. So what are you doing? And it's been many, many years that you've been doing this. Um, you need, you need to, and it's sort of a, it was almost an ultimatum, I would say, that the Lord gave me to say, you're going left or you need to go right. You need to make that choice now. Um, and I put my hand up to say, here I am, Lord, use me. And since that day, I can promise you, for, um, and somebody actually told me the other day as well, um, he says, if it doesn't scare you, then you know it's not from the Lord. So this morning, I know it's from the Lord. <laughs> but all the other things that led up to this morning, and it just shows you, a loving Father once again, how He helps you, how He guides you. And also for the people that doesn't know me, just the last year, what the Lord's been doing in, in our lives. And it's, it's not me, and it's not Almandi, it's nothing else. It's just all the honor to God, just touching our lives. And for us, saying, we're available, Lord, use us. The next moment I find myself, um, we, we now need to lead a, a comms group, and I Pray to the Lord, Lord, I don't know what to do here. You now need to help me. And the Lord came through for us. Now we've got, today, we've got a very healthy 
comms group, and it's all the Lord's working, sending the people to us. There's nothing we can do. We can only pray and trust in the Lord. And the next moment, then Anne said, but I think you need to lead prayer meeting. And um, honest truth, up to that point, I've never prayed in front of so many people in the prayer hall right at the back. And I said, Lord, I don't know how to do this. And he said, don't worry, I've got you. I'm a loving father. I've got you. Started doing that. Uh, and then a few weeks later, Anne says, but um, I just feel in a sense that the Lord wants more. Um, I think you made for stewardship. And I'm just sensing that but that's what the Lord is telling me. And I thought, stewardship, now I need to get in front of the whole church. I, I don't think so. Make sure you've heard right, Anne. I don't, I don't believe I, I haven't heard anything from the Lord with regards to stewardship or anything else. And he said, no, I think you need to do it. You need to step out, step up, and you need to step out. So then started doing stewardship and sort of got the, the hang of stewardship and said, Lord, just please guide me and help me on this one. And then obviously a whole bunch of new guys started as well. Did very well, Jock, Anton, Ihu. Everybody started and I thought, okay, now I've, I've sort of got this one winged. Um, it's, it's not too bad getting a little bit more comfortable. Thank you, Lord. And, uh, and then Anne said, I think you, you now need to sort of lead from the front. And I said, Anne, what, what do you mean lead from the front? He says, no, no, no. You get up, you welcome everybody, you do that whole thing, and you pray in front of the whole church. I said, Anne, sure. I don't know. Once again, I don't believe you've heard right from the Lord. Let's pray a little bit more around this one. Uh, and once again, uh, I've done that a, a couple of times, and it's where you really need to trust the Lord because, because we do not manufacture everything out of ourselves. You now need to fully trust in the Lord. There's, there's nothing that you can do out of your own. It's all God's working. He works through different people. You need to bring that together. There's people that want to share. You don't know that in advance. I don't know what the worship team is doing. Now you're completely out of your, your comfort zone again. So God... So God's been very faithful, um, and um, I was just reminded of this scripture while I was actually going through my notes in 1 Corinthians 1, 31, um, in the NIV, and it says, uh, Therefore, as it's written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And really, that's what I'm trying to do this morning. It's nothing that I can do out of my own. You can see it in that scripture. It's all the Lord's working. There's no way. If somebody told me this a year ago, I would have said, you, you're mad. There is no way that this can happen. I think for me as well is also there was a, a realization at some point also that um, I'm in disobedience to what God wants for my life. And it's so important that we get to that point that we, that we realize. And today is a lot around that. And I would just want to take us back to Luke 15, specifically around uh, verse 18. Herman, if you can just bring that one up, where it says, um, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. So you need to get to that point where you realize what I've done in the sin that I'm living in. I'm disobedient, even if you've given your heart to the Lord, because I've done that. And I've been disobedient to what the Lord wants. 
and he couldn't use me because I was disobedient. So I really want to encourage everybody by the scripture this morning, if you find yourself in that, that spot. The other thing as well is, um, while I was preparing, also felt that the Lord was saying it's, a, it's both a mirror and it's a window. So what is the mirror? So you need to look in the mirror to say, I've been unfaithful. Um, I can see what I've done is not God's plan for my life. And I need to change. But it's also the window that you can look through to say, what's out there for me, Lord? You've got better for me. You've got me. And we've heard this morning, he's a good father. And he wants to be a good father to you. And he wants the best life for you. And we know that, be that best life is found in the father. Um, and I want to take you to Acts 3.19 NIV, um, Herman. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sin may be blotted out. And we know when we read through that specific scripture as well this morning, around the, the son, um, the father didn't question him. He didn't take him back to that point of saying, but you've squandered everything away. You asked me, you asked me for your inheritance. I'm not prepared to forgive you. He didn't say any of that. He immediately blotted all of that out. Uh, and that's exactly what God want, wants to do with us. Um, and Herman, um, also please, uh, just from verse 22 to 24. Um, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best rope and put it on him. So he was covering him. He gave him the covering. Immediately bring the rope. Um, put the ring on his finger. So that ring actually symbolized He's now part of the family. It was a family ring. So when you come to the Lord, He gives you that ring to be part of this family. And quite significant, and sandals on His feet. Now if you read about the sandals in those days, if you were a slave, you didn't have sandals. You were barefoot. And that was a distinction between people that were part of a, a family and people that were in, sla in slavery or slaves. They didn't have sandals. So immediately he said, I want to restore you. I want to cover you with that robe. I want to give you the ring. You're part of the family immediately. And I want to restore you. You're not a slave to sin anymore. You now, you now got sandals on your feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it. So immediately a sacrifice because this, long, this lost son came back. Let's sacrifice the way that the people used to sacrifice in those days. And let's have a feast. And let's celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. You can see in the previous scriptures as well that I shared, is there was one specific thing that was mentioned there around, I've sinned against, I've sinned against heaven and against you. It's quite significant as well. He didn't say, I sinned against God, because he knew that all of heaven we're watching exactly and knew what he did. And that's why I believe he says in that specific piece of scripture, he said, heaven and against you. And he actually says it twice. So when he got to the stage where he said, I now need to repent and go back, he said, because I recognize that I've sinned against heaven and my father. And when he get, got to his father, he said exactly that same thing um, twice. Um, a couple of things that... that uh, also stood out to me in this, in this specific uh, scripture 
is I believe that father was like super happy. Um, you can see he said, bring the ring, bring the sandals, bring the cloak, fattened calf, let's sort it out. This, he didn't want to take him back to anything else in terms of all the sin that he did. Um, and the other thing as well is in those days they had long robes. Um, and it says in that scripture that um, he was running to his son. So um, they weren't allowed to actually pick up their robes. It was frowned upon when you do that. But the only way that he could run is to actually pick up his robe. So the father was running. So just image this. He picked up his robe. He said, I don't care who's watching. My son, I can see him in the distance. And I'm going to run towards him. And that's that same feeling and sensing I'm getting to the Lord. When you prepare to turn around, he will come and run towards you. And he also threw his arms around him. And he kissed him with that kiss of love to say, I love you. I don't care what you did. I don't care what happened. It's all blotted out. Um, I just want to love on you. And he didn't question him. He didn't lecture him. He didn't give him a long speech. And we would, we would think that. Eh? We would think our son returns. We would have a word with him, a very strong word with him. And uh, we can just see out of this parable, that's, that's not a loving father. A loving father immediately forgives. And uh, yeah, unconditionally, I think that's the other word that stood out for me. Um, they didn't put any conditions out. If you ever do this again, then we're going to have a sit down and a big talk or anything around that. Um, I know I need to wrap this out up. So like Anne's normally say, now we're coming in for landing. actually don't like the landing. I must change it actually, but okay, we can, we're coming in for landing. I'll use these words this morning. Is, uh, how do we find our ba- way back to God? And I've got eight points, eight short points that I just want to share this morning in terms of those eight things that you can that you can do. So if you're at a spot where you where either haven't given your life to the Lord or where you've, work, where you've walked with the Lord for quite some time, but you know you're not exactly where the Lord wants you, then the first one is to get to the point where you turn away. And in turning away is I was walking in one direction and I take a 360 and I start walking in the opposite direction. And those things that you will be walking towards will still try and pull you in. But you need to leave that behind. And you need to say, Lord, I've prayed for you. I've asked you to forgive me of my sins. Now I'm start walking in the opposite direction. And those things might be trying pulling pull you back again. Because that's what the devil wants. He comes to kill and destroy. He wants to pull you back into your own life. But just keep on walking. So the first one is turn, turn away. Um, seek help and ask the Lord for repentance. Ask people to pray with you. As we see in this parable as well, he turned around. And then to repent is to also go to go home. So for us to go home to the Father, to say, you loving Father, we're returning back to you. To return home to your family. We're a big family. You're not on your own. It's, it's between you and God. But you've got a big family that you can rely on, that you can trust on. So it's really just to return home and then to, to accept the forgiveness and to receive that assurance of life. That if you prayed for it and, and God has forgiven you for your sins, then don't go back there again. I had to get, get to that stage as well where I had to go for healing through deliverance because the Lord was, uh, the people were, some of the people keep, kept on taking me back to say, but 
you abused alcohol, now you're standing in front of a church. You did this, now you're trying to depict that. And I'm saying, don't speak those words over me. I've, I've been forgiven. The Lord has forgiven me. So also get to that stage. And then it, from there on, it's a relationship with God. You can't do this without a relationship with God. I've learned that lesson so many times. There's, there's no way. Um, and when you repent, they, they need to be changed. So also, if you don't see change in your life, um, maybe go back, ask folk to, to stand in for you, to pray for you. Um, yeah, just to come together, if it's in comms evenings, or one-on-one, get people together and ask them to pray, because they need to be a change. Things need to be different in your life also. That's the next one. So you need to see the difference. I know I'm a different person. I knew that from that evening that um, Martin van Amerwe prayed for me. I know the, the Lord touched my life, and He changed me forever. And then, um, yeah, we can see there's so many scriptures. These should be a recognizable and an ongoing transformation. So I really want to encourage you. Um, this morning I'm standing in front of you because I said, here I am, Lord. Use me. But also, you had to kick me a couple of times where I said, no, it is safe. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to fly. And he says, but I want you to fly. I want you to fly for me. So I, I need to kick you out of the nest now. You need to go. You need to fly. Um, and maybe just the last scripture from, from my side is in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And it says, uh, and we who with unveiled faces, so those unveiled faces, we've seen the truth. God has revealed that truth to us, so we no longer have that veil over our faces. Um, all reflect uh, the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It's that Holy Spirit that works in us, that guides us, that leads us, that we don't lean on our understanding, but that we ask the Lord to guide us in everything. So that's what I prepared this morning. Um, and as I'm wrapping up, these two distinct groups that I just want to call out this morning. Um, the first group is really if you're at a point where you haven't given your life to the Lord. And what you've heard this morning, um, if that touched your heart, um, and really touch your soul, and you are at that place where you say, Lord, I want to return home. I've been running for, from you for quite some time. Um, here I am, Lord. That's the first group. And then the second group, and maybe, yeah, I think if you can, maybe just close your, close your eyes before I get into the, into the second group. So with the first group, I'm just going to, ask again, so you've heard this message this morning, you've seen that um, we've got a loving Father, uh, and, we can, and we can see and understand through what I've shared this morning, is that you came completely lost and hurt, uh, and even angry with God at some stage. But this morning I want to ask you, if you really feel in your heart that you want to give your life to the Lord, and you feel that burning sensation um, as you're sitting on the chair and you just feel that the Lord is tugging at your heart, I want to just ask you to please just put up your hand for me so I can just see and that we can, that we can just pray for you.
pray for you afterwards. Um, but you can come to the front. So I really want to encourage you, if you're sensing that, please put up your hands. Don't be like me. Don't be afraid. Don't be in a situation where you, where you feel that it's not for me. Um, I don't want to do this. I feel scared. I feel far from the Lord. I really encourage you, please raise your hand if that is you. If that is something that you're sensing, that you're feeling this morning. And then the, thank you, and then the, the second group is, if you are a born-again Christian, you've given your life to the Lord, but uh, you don't feel the love of the Father, um, and you can't recognize the Lord and the working He's doing in your life, you can't sense that ongoing transformation, I want to ask you that, please, yeah, just take the courage, and if you don't mind, just stand up this morning, just to show the Lord there's no condemnation and nobody will keep that against you. But I think it's for us just to stand this morning and say, Lord, here I am. I've given my life to you, but I know I've been backsliding for maybe a few days, maybe a few weeks, maybe a few years. I've been in church, Lord, but it's difficult, Lord. I can't connect with you. I don't sense you, Lord. I don't feel you. Although I know that you love me, Father God, um, I'm not at that place. I, and I want to get back to you. I want to be close to you, Father God. I want to sense you. I want to feel you. I want to trust and I will rely on you, Father God. I want you to change me. I want you to transform me. If that is you, yo, please, please stand up for me this morning so we can just pray for you. Even if you afterwards just want to come to the front as well, myself and Jock, and the Com Group's leaders will be in the front. So I would just want to encourage you this morning to, to stand up and to come to the front so we can pray for you. So Lord, thank you for this amazing opportunity. Thank you for, for just touching our hearts this morning. I believe that you had a specific plan this morning, that you just wanted to touch people's lives and touch people's hearts. Thank you for giving us this opportunity this morning that we can sit under your word, Father God, and that you've given us a fresh revelation of exactly what you want from us, Father God. I want to thank you that you've you have touched me in a, in a big way, Father God, and that you've given me this opportunity to share what you've done in my life and the way that you can change any individual, Father God. And I believe truly this morning that it's, it's available for everybody, every single person that's sitting here today, everybody that's maybe going to listen to, to this recording afterwards, Father God. Uh, is that you would also touch their lives, that they would stand up to say, Father God, here I am. Father God, touch my life. Father God, change me. Father God, I want to experience you. Father God, you're a, living, a loving Father, and I want to come back to you. I want to, I want to get that feeling again where you can snuggle in on your chest, Father God, that we can hear your heartbeat, that we can sense your heartbeat, Father God, and that we can sense what you want for our lives, and that we can trust in and fully rely on you because the world is happening around us and sometimes we're scared and sometimes we we don't look towards you father god unfortunately we're looking at all the waves coming our way and we become anxious and uh, we don't put all our trust in you father god this morning i just want to also ask that we would step out 
and step up, Father God, and it's scary and it's frightening and it's all the things. There's a lot of anxiety in our hearts and we can feel our hearts beating, but I believe that beating heart is just beating closer and closer to your heart. And um, yeah, Father God, thank you. Thank you so much for once again providing us this massive opportunity where we're part of a family, part of your body, Father God, that you've created and you've brought all of us together this morning for a specific reason. Just want to pray for everybody that's here this morning. I want to just pray for our elders, for for for, for um, Andre and for Gunther and specifically for Anne's Father God that needs to leave lead this community, Father God, Livingville Central. And we've now known that you've you've placed something on our hearts that we need to lead from the front front and that we need to touch people's lives this morning. Just ask to encourage us as well that we will go out and that we will touch people's lives and that we will show the love that you have for us, that that love will shine through us and that we will also love ourselves. If we don't love ourselves, Father God, that we will come back and realize that you've loved us first. So that love we need to find in ourselves because if we don't love ourselves, we can't love others. So we just, this morning, just pray for that. Thank you, Father God. And in Jesus' name we say, Amen and Amen.